If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we offer science stories, skills, and songs to help you slow down, stress less, and love more. It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. On today's episode, slow the F down with letting go. Grab your favorite beverage, get cozy, and soak in our soothing support. If you clicked on this episode, you're probably wanting to let something go and letting go can feel scary because you have so many memories, feelings, fears, and justifications around why you should hold on. Yeah, and sometimes holding on is the right answer because it can be directly connected to your survival, your family, your responsibilities, and your commitments, and that all makes letting go feel impossible. But holding on to unhealthy things can keep you stuck and prevent you from moving forward. If you'd like to wrap your head around when to let go and when to hold on, we dedicate today's show to you. Let's face it, there's so many reasons why the topic of letting go can feel so scary. Letting go is directly connected to being in the unknown. You know, it's that saying that the devil you know, right, can be like less scary than the unknown. Letting go of something just naturally brings up a fear response and the brain also doesn't like loss. So letting go can be completely associated with losing something. In a way, it, you are losing something. Then there's the grief that comes with loss, which we won't get into because we have an entire episode on slow the F down with grief, and it is amazing. So check that out if you're in, interested to learn more about that. I remember one of my old mentors giving me the analogy of a trapeze, and that when you're swinging on the trapeze, in order to grab on to the next bar that comes to you, you have to let go of the one you're holding on to. And that if you keep holding on to one bar and then grab hold on the other, you're being pulled in two different directions, but you stay perfectly still. I love that analogy too, because it gives me the visual of like when I've gone to the circus and I can feel the tightness in my chest and the almost like holding of my breath of like, oh, are they going to make it? Whenever they like let go of one and then grab onto the other, there's just that like split second of like pause that just feels like super uncomfortable in the body. It's the perfect visual and somatic sensation that I think all of us can relate to when we think of letting go. All right, Slowdown fans, we're going to slow this whole topic way down and explore every little facet of letting go. So let's focus in right now on the physical world, the physical level. Slow the F down with letting go of your physical stuff. A master of letting go is Marie Kondo, who has a show on Netflix called Tidying Up, and she's known for inspiring home makeovers and going into people's houses and pretty much walking them through a process of letting go of a bunch of crap that they don't need and keeping what brings them joy. I love this show. At the end, it is always so cool to see the before and after shots of the house because just looking at the at the physical before and after elicits this feeling of just like ah, relaxation in the body or openness because the unnecessary stuff that was taking up space is now gone and everything is organized and it has a place and it's more peaceful to look at. 
it's more peaceful to look at and it's more peaceful to be in. I know the difference I feel when my place is a wreck and when my place is all organized. Over the weekend, I organized all my tools on a pegboard wall. And like the whole time I was doing it, I felt so into it and so joyful and it was one of the first things I showed my partner when he got home after being away for two weeks and he was just like oh that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> we both had this sense of relief but Casey have you ever had to let go of something that was hard for you to let go of even though you really knew that you needed to Yes. I am a car loyalist. So when I have a car, I hold on to it. I take the absolute best care. I had a Toyota RAV4 and somebody hit me and luckily we were okay. But they told me that, you know, we're going to have to tow this and it's pretty much just like a goner. And I remember feeling so much sadness and loss and grief over that car because we had been through 10 years of adventures together. That car had safely gotten me so many places. We drove all over the US. I've slept in it. It was like my adventure companion. Having to let that go was like truly heartbreaking. And even though it was so hard to give it up, once I did, it forced me to go back out in the market and see what new cars are out there. What is the the safest car? What's the best gas mileage? And I had an opportunity to try on a couple different rides. And I noticed that there was kind of this fresh new feel that came along with that process. And also this comfort in knowing that whatever I got, because it was newer, and it was of these like latest standards, it actually helped me feel more comfortable. And then when I got my new car, I also got to pick one that was this sexy red color. When I drove around in it, I felt hot. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> well, you know, the first thing I thought of when I thought of letting go of a physical object was also a car, but from the total opposite end. I started driving at 18 years old and I had a history of always having cars that were total lemons. And I always wanted to let go of my car, but I had all of these limitations in the way, one of which was financially. I couldn't afford a nice new car. Another was mentally. I totally did not understand how you got a loan for a car and we didn't have the internet. And I was so blocked in my thought that I could have a good car, that I never even asked a friend. I never went to a car lot and asked, hey, how do you get a car loan? It never even occurred to me that I could have a good car. So I stayed stuck in this cycle of shitty lemon cars after shitty lemon cars until I was in my mid 40s. So from 18 to mid 40s, I had terrible, dangerous, might I add, cars. Mm. I had the desire to let go, but so many fears around it that I couldn't. And I researched the car that I now have for two years. I researched like what is just like you did. What is the best gas mileage? What is the best repair records? Like all that kind of stuff. I decided on the car I wanted. I still didn't know how to get a car loan, but I let go of so many of my fears that were barriers to me having a good car that I didn't let the whole loan thing stand in my way anymore. And of course, when I showed up to do it, it was like, oh, that's how you do it. It's so easy. Like, oh my God, all I do is sign these papers and tell you I'm going to pay you for it. Okay. Okay, great. Like, 
it was a very different process than what I thought it was going to be. And I set it up in a way that worked for me. My payments were so low that it did not trigger my survival needs. So a lot of the times we don't let go of something because it could undermine our survival. That's why it's so hard to let go of a job, especially if you have children. And it's one of the many things that contributes to the cycle of poverty because you need the money to survive, but you can get stuck in a low paying or a job that hurts your body or a job that isn't fulfilling. It can be so hard to break that cycle and to let go of it. Casey and I have both been in that circumstance where it was too scary to let go of a job because our survival depended on it. So we really understand and it's why we wanted to make this episode about discerning when and how is healthy and okay to let go. When I started my career as a neuromuscular therapist, I didn't want the pressure of my income to rest solely on being an entrepreneur for my first time. That was way too scary. So I kept my job as a bartender at a rock club, which also fulfilled my need for seeing live music and being in a community. So it actually felt really good and really healthy to keep that job while I also started getting massage therapy clients of my own. And I also started a job at a spa. So especially where your survival needs are concerned, sometimes it's these itty bitty steps of letting go where you let go a tiny bit at a time and you fill that space with something new that will also support you. So you can stair step your way into letting go of a job letting go of a situation in which your survival is tied into it. I love that you bring up that point too. And and it's also one of the reasons why, you know, Elizabeth and I are entrepreneurs and a large percentage of our friends are as well. And all of them have multiple sources of income. And it is because from a survival standpoint, it feels good to have more than one option so that all the pressure isn't just on one thing. And that also makes it easier too, because in terms of letting go as an entrepreneur, in the work that Elizabeth and I do, we're constantly trying new things and new things and new things. And in order for us to move forward with the things that work really well, we have to let go of the things that don't work well. And if we only had one thing that we were focusing on, then we'd have to let go of everything. Yeah, which is always this dance between keeping some things that are stable, bringing in new things, but not losing the stability. It it is a real dance. And we want to remind you that if you're in that type of position where you have a soul-sucking job or a job that you feel stuck in or you feel like you just can't leave, there are a lot of resources in your community that can help you shift from the job you are in in a safe way. For example, I know here in Pittsburgh, we have the Center for Women, and they have free classes to teach you how to up-level your career. Dress for Success is all over America. They can get you new-to-you business-appropriate attire to help you up-level. And often, I think people are either afraid or embarrassed to ask for help. Sometimes people don't have people they know around them that they can ask for help, but know that there are people in your community that can help you up-level in ways that are safe, that won't put your or your children's survival at risk. Physically having supportive people around you will make any letting go a lot easier. And safer. 
Elizabeth, didn't you do your dissertation around uh, letting go of clutter? (laughs) In a way, yes. So my dissertation was on how the objects in your home affect how you feel on an emotional, physical, relational, and professional level. Love that. (laughs) Did a massive survey with very pointed questions and then analyzed the data from that survey. And I go into really deep detail about that in our episode, Slow the F Down with Clutter, which is a great one. As far as your physical objects affecting you, boy, is that for real. Like all those lemon cars I had, they reflected back to me how broken I felt on the inside. And I always had these cars that broke down. So that was a vicious cycle. I was always embarrassed of how my cars looked and embarrassed how I looked. So that kept me stuck. We get so much either upliftment or we get pulled down by the objects that we surround ourselves with. And as you all know, I went through buying a fixer-upper and like completely overhauling it. So I have always been very in tune with the objects in my home, but never as much as I am here where I had to pick every single faucet, every color, every decision that I made about physical objects going in here and what to keep and what to let go of. I described the process of fixing this house up as a continuous letting go. And it's so weird to say that because I was continuously buying things. Yeah, I, I commend you for going through that whole process because I get stressed out if I have to buy like one piece of furniture for a room and you were literally burnishing an entire house. And I noticed that there was these times when, you know, you would want something to be a certain way and sometimes it would work out and other times there just have to be like this letting go or this acceptance. Yeah, there was a lot of letting go of expectations and what came with that was accepting something exactly as it was and not trying to force the exact thing I wanted to be exactly how I wanted because it was often impossible in a 160-year-old house. Just couldn't be done. So I cried a lot (laughs) with, (laughs) with the letting go because for 50 years I'd been excited about this process and it was not the fun process I thought it was going to be. It was kind of heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. And now I've lived here for almost six months and I've gotten so much joy and security and comfort out of being here. And I have found that I don't think that much about what I let go of in order to get this and that I roll with letting go much more quickly and easily than I did eight months ago. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like, whatever, I just can't deal with this. I'm pushing it away. There was an actual acceptance of like, okay, this is how things are. And it felt like a healthy level of letting go and acceptance and letting go and acceptance. And just as I learned with my dissertation, there's almost always an emotional connection with our physical objects. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes stuff is just functional and it is the way it is. I like form and function, beauty and function to go together. (laughs) But yeah, our physical world is strongly connected to our emotional world. So slow down fans, me, Elizabeth and Dale went out for celebratory New Year's drinkies. One of the things that I was talking about was how I wanted to up-level the way that I dressed my wardrobe. I want to wear stuff that fits well and is just an extra like spark or expression of myself. And when I shared that, 
<laughs> Dale was like, me too. And we both looked at each other's outfits and we were rocking these purple jackets. And then we looked at Elizabeth and we're like, well, Elizabeth's always rocking her style. <laughs> She's always <laughs> rocking her fashion. I remember getting ready that night and I was like, I put on these brown suede pants and this purple satin top. And I was like, I look good. I feel good. I'm going out for drinkies. It totally changed my attitude. And I know that moving forward in 2023, I could do the same activities all year. And if I did one where I was just dressing to wear stuff that was easy, quick and comfortable versus doing those same things, putting on clothes that make me feel good in them, there'd be a totally different way in how it would show up. So what did you let go of in order to shift to letting in dressing up more? Honestly, being lazy and judging the amount of time that some that I should spend on getting ready. So you let go of a judgment and a should. And remember, slow down fans, a should is always a judgment and is always an indication that there's something deeper there we need to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and now, so what did you get from letting that go? Because it sounds to me like you have a lot more spark and aliveness yeah, I, I got more vitality, mm. right? It's like you're you're going to do something. Why not do it looking a way that makes you feel alive? I'm grilling Casey right now because I want to remind you of the physics we talked about in our last episode, Slow the F Down with Law of Attraction, that nature abhors a vacuum. And when you let go of something, you're always making space for something new and exciting. And we're going to go into that more deeply on our next episode slow the F down with letting in goodness. But I just wanted to bring that up to you because of that fear that can be there that holds us back from letting go. Just remember, you always make space for something even better. So little update on Marie Kondo. According to the Washington Post, after she had her third child, Marie said, I used to keep my home tidy at all times but I have kind of given up on that in a good way for me. My home is messy, but the way I spend my time is right for me at this time, at this stage of my life. Having that flexibility and being able to change your mind around what to let go of and what to hold on to. That's so beautiful. And I love how she's such a transparent example of that. Here's this queen of letting go who was able to let go of letting go. <laughs> that was risky for her to say that and be that transparent. And it's not just physical stuff that we're letting go of. According to Dr. Bradley Nelson, trapped emotional vibrations cause surrounding tissues to vibrate at the same frequency known as resonance. In his book, The Emotion Code, Nelson writes, each trapped emotion resides in a specific location in the body, vibrating at its own particular frequency. One of the biggest letting goes of my life that happened for me is after I did the nonlinear movement method every day for two months, the chronic pain that I felt in my neck and shoulders since I was 12 years old released. I'd been trying for nearly 40 years, going to all different kinds of doctors, body workers, physical therapists, chiropractors, energy healers, exercise, you name it. I tried it to overcome that physical pain and nothing worked until the nonlinear movement method because that physical pain that I had been treating physically all those years was directly connected to my emotions and to the stuck stress in my cells. And I've had so many physical injuries over my life. I've had a lot of letting go where my body is concerned. 
you know, I've had six foot surgeries, so I've had to let go of being able to walk for chunks of my life, even driving. There was time I, I couldn't even drive because of uh, the boots I was wearing, but I didn't let go of moving around, right? And that's where that discernment comes in, where, yeah, I couldn't walk, I couldn't drive, but I still moved around. So again, I think that it's important when we talk about letting go that you come into acceptance of the ways that you need to let go and you bring in how can I have or receive and get my needs met. Casey and I talk a lot about everything comes down to you meeting your needs and the discernment around what to let go of and what to hang on to can also be a needs-based thing depending on what your need is. So there's survival level needs we talked about earlier and then there's thrive level needs like beauty and fulfillment and respect and trust. Everything we do, we're always trying to fulfill a need. Everything we want to have, we're trying to fulfill a need. We have needs because we're in a physical body. <laughs> we're, in, we're not in a physical body anymore. We won't have needs. So you really need to make peace with having needs <laughs> and make peace with your own humanity and living in a body, that, that'll help you too on your path of knowing when is the right time to let go and how to let go. And that letting go, while in some ways can be a loss, it is also a step of transformation. You're transforming a painful thought, for example, like, I don't deserve to have a car that runs well. You're transforming it into, I deserve to have a car that runs great. You know, letting go is a totally natural process. Yeah, we let go every day whenever we exhale or go to the bathroom. If we didn't do that, we'd be full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the hardest ways that we get faced with letting go is when it comes to people, when it comes to relationships. Whether it's friendships, romantic relationships, and even family members. And I know that most people never let go of their family members until their death. But I've had to let go of family members while we are still all very actively alive. And a lot of thought and support and love, actually love, went into that letting go. I was in an abusive marriage for four years and I kept trying to make it work. And I had a ton of support with that relationship. I had three different therapists. <laughs> but you know, I didn't know I was being abused. So I never once brought it up. And you're like, how could you not know you're being abused? And I would say, a lot of people don't know they're being abused when they are. I'd say that's more common than knowing you're being abused. It doesn't start off abusive in most of the cases. It turns into something that is abusive. Right. We can even stay out of time. We can think about the person we're in the relationship with as who they used to be. You know, like I had three friends in my life that were closer to me than family. And I always just automatically assumed that they would be in my life through its entirety. And then I had to get honest about those relationships and realized that over the years they had changed. And that I was being loving and supportive and kind and compassionate with these people, but they weren't being that way with me. I was always there for them. They were not there for me. And often Dale would question these friendships. He'd be like, Elizabeth, what are you getting out of staying friends with these people? And I would always say, well, they really need me. And then he'd come back to, but what are you getting out of it? <laughs> 
And I'd be like, uh, they're my friend. I have to be there for them. Like, I, I just couldn't even go there, you know? After getting lots of support and realizing that these relationships were no longer serving me, I wrote a beautiful, loving email to each of these women explaining why I was letting go of the friendship. And I let them go with love. And I think that's a really important point to bring in here because sometimes people can think of letting go as a rejection. And I wasn't rejecting these people. I was letting go of my attachment to having them in my life. And I was letting go of an abusive or unfulfilling relationship. But I was keeping the love thoroughly intact. And so I wrote these beautiful emails and I explained why I was letting go of the friendship and I gave them my sincere wish that they have a life full of health and love and that they have just a rich, beautiful, wonderful life going forward, but that I wasn't going to be a part of it. And The truth is that I was putting into practice something that I actually was trained in in the Barbara Brennan School, and that is relationship cord healing. You know, you often hear about cutting cords, cord cutting ceremony, or getting a relationship cord cutting, and that is so dangerous to do cord cutting the energetic, con the energetic cords that connect us to other people are very real things. And just as if you were holding hands with someone, you wouldn't cut off their arm or your arm <laughs> to let them go. You would let go of their hand and the love would stay connected between you. So cord healings are very technical But the essence of them is that you let go of them and you let go of any of the negativity between you, but you keep the love. And if anyone is, it's just going to say, if anyone is interested in getting cord healings from me, you can go to the link in the bio. It's in bio. You can go. You can go to the show notes and you can find out how to get in touch with and you can find out how to get in touch with me there for a free consultation about that. And I have been honored to be the recipient of two of Elizabeth's cord healings. And for me, I could feel the love in which the whole process is done. And I love you're doing it with love. And there's such a big difference between that and doing it from a place of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of harm, of rejection, of cutting, of damaging in any way. Of, of, a, of a wound, of a trauma response. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought in just trauma response. We have flight, fight, freeze, and faint are our stress responses. So that flight response and that feeling of having to get away from something, know that when you feel that way, if you're not in a life or death situation, that you are in a stress response. So some people can force the ending of a relationship instead of dealing 
with that relationship, right? So they can force a letting go, force a breakup, instead of looking deeper, doing what they can to heal themselves, to come to some kind of unity with the other. Letting go is step five <laughs> of a process. It's it's not step one. That's why we're, we're treating this topic with so much respect, because while letting go is a totally natural cycle of life thing, the way that it plays out in your life requires some skill to do it in a way that is healthy for you, healthy for the other person, healthy for you financially, healthy to light up your soul. The main reason of our podcast is to stress less and love more. And so we give you skills to do this so that you can go out in the world so that you can approach letting go in a way that is more loving for you and in more loving for the people or things that you are letting go of. And we're going to give you a skill to teach you how to do that in just a couple minutes. I remember dating in my 20s and being in relationships and the relationship getting to that point where you know that it's not going to work. You know what point I'm talking about? I, I know what point you're talking about. Right. I think everybody <laughs> deep down knows <laughs> that point. You're like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And rather than using skills to help us lovingly let that go, what I did and what a lot of other people have shared that they've done is get triggered by some type of unhealed wound, make the other person wrong, or take an incompatibility and blow it way out of proportion and create a situation that could warrant letting go rather than just having a loving conversation like you did when you sat down and you wrote an email to your friends. And so I'm sharing this because now, as a 37-year-old woman, I've cultivated and learned the ability to skillfully and lovingly end connections. And it's still something that, you know, in a case-by-case -case case -case basis, you're always going to learn new ways to do, but it's possible. Oh, yeah. And I want to be clear, just so there is no confusion around the three friends that I ended up letting go of. I had tried for years to voice my needs, to share it with them, to have discussions to bring us closer, and it fell on deaf ears. So that's why Dale was questioning, what do you get out of this? Because I tried so many times to create more harmony between us and stay in the relationship before I finally let it go. Now, I stayed too long. <laughs> I believe in love very strongly, but there's got to be a lot of discernment <laughs> with love. And I have also cut and run too quickly in romantic relationships when I didn't know how to handle it. I think we all have. Why? Because like how to let go in a loving way was not a class I took in school. <laughs> no, it certainly wasn't. It's why we created the love school. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we created our own so that other people don't have to make those mistakes. That's right. We want everyone to learn from our mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go into that awesome slowdown skill and our slowdown song right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fans. It's me, Mother Nature. Each year, I let go of my leaves. As they decay, they create countless beneficial microorganisms that deliver nutrients back into the soil. The leaves also keep my ground covered, allowing moisture to stay in a place rather than quickly dry up. It may be tempting to avoid the temporary discomfort of letting go, but please keep in mind it's a natural fact of life that keeps us all growing and thriving. Thank you, Mother Nature. 
And now for your slowdown skill. Okay, slowdown fans, I'm gonna ask you the three questions I ask myself to determine if it's time to let go. You gotta answer them honestly. Think about something you're currently considering letting go of. One, is it compatible with what you want? Two, do you feel energized or drained by it? Three, does it add to or take away from your joy? There you go, Slowdown fan. You've got your answers. Now it's time to take action on your answers. And we know that kind of accountability can be tricky, especially if you're considering whether or not to let go of a person in your life. A caveat we wanna put here is, if you're considering letting go of a person that's causing you harm, please Google safe place near me and get professional help in getting you to safety. Now, if you're considering a potential breakup with a romantic partner, a friend, or even a family member, that can be really nuanced and complicated. You don't have to go it alone. Casey and I are totally here for you. Go to the show notes, click the link that's there, and you can set up a free consultation with either Casey or myself to see if and how we can help you. So you've got your answers, take some action, and if you need support, go to the show notes. We're here for you. And now for your slowdown song. Our slowdown song for this episode is Elvis's Love Me Tender. surprising with the slowdown song this episode (laughs) yeah it's a total surprise when i was feeling into the slowdown song this song immediately came into my head and i was like why like i love it it's such a sweet song but the words are love me tender love me sweet never let me go casey rocking it with the slowdown song i actually love that song it's beautiful boy that is a song that will slow you down and get you in the mood for love We'll have a link to that in our show notes and on our Facebook page. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I like the ease that I felt with discussing the difference between letting go with love and skill versus letting go from a place of uh, hurt or or pain or a trauma response or a trigger. I, I feel the significance of that and I know that for so many of us, our relationships are, are really important. The relationships that we have with others are relationships and connections that we have to our things. So I feel like uh, that was just such a beautiful way to go about letting go uh, that is loving for all involved. What about you, Elizabeth? What was your favorite part of today's show? I think my favorite part is the idea of letting go with love. You know, I know that I've been on a long journey of learning how to love myself and I've had to let go of a lot of painful beliefs I had about myself that I didn't deserve love, that I wasn't good enough for either love or a nice car. (laughs) We let go in order to increase the amount of love and good experiences in our life. And that even the process of letting go can be a process of love. 
I'm really excited to record our next episode because one of the other benefits to letting go is that you create space to let goodness in. And so that's what we're going to be talking about on our next episode. Slow down, fans. What was your favorite part of today's show? Please click the link in the show notes to let us know what you love, subscribe, and share it with a loved one who can also benefit from Slow the F Down Show. Our mission is to help as many people as possible slow down, stress less, and love more. And we can't do it without you. And if you're digging our content and want more personalized slowdown goodness, become a slot-level patron and get free access to our monthly stress release classes that are live over Zoom on the third Monday of every month. You will learn a method that is guaranteed to unstick stress from your body on a cellular level. Go to the show notes to get that special deal. To our existing patrons, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you and your support means the world to us. On our next episode, slow the F down with letting in goodness. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.